0: The theme for the uh, evening talk is wise attention. Just uh, maybe a week or so ago, I was in uh, New Zealand and uh, giving a retreat there with uh, two Dharma uh, teachers, Jeremy Logan and Russell Walker. And I was uh, speaking with uh, Uh, Jeremy uh, during the retreat and part of uh, his work is working as a uh, a counsellor and the people that he uh, works with are people who have uh, often been before the courts in terms of uh, domestic violence Uh, men inflicting it on their partners on their wives, uh, on their children and I was asking him how uh, the groups were were going and one of the things which he said and pointed out out to me, he said how quickly the mind can move from one state and uh, condition uh, to another without any pause whatsoever uh, in that particular movement. And the example that uh, uh, he gave was walking along the, the street with uh, uh, one of these people who have a history of aggression and, and violence, and uh, the man immediately um, kicking at a dog that was going uh, past on the, uh, on the on the pavement. And when asked, you know, why he did that, why he needed to do that, immediate response was, well, 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 it was getting in my way. And similarly, in working in these uh, programs of uh, domestic violence, when asked uh, why, why, this, why this took place in terms of uh, the violence, the response to that was, well, she deserved it. And it was that movement, he said, one of the things that he noticed about that uh, movement was there was no attention in it whatsoever. There was no possibility in it, and sometimes for uh, quite some sessions, to be a- for the mind to be able to give wise attention and to look back and reflect back on itself, on its own condition. And so there was an immediate bursting forth from the uh, uh, rage and the aggression from within straight out onto the object, whatever uh, that object may be, and the view, the intensity of the view and opinion, which says, well, it's because of that there, that woman, or the kids were driving me up the wall, or the dog was getting in my way on on, on the pavement. And no ability to look back and say, well, what was actually going on here? And that capacity in life to... and to look and reflect back on what's going back on within is called wise attention the moment that we begin to introduce uh, that, then that does show there is the potential as a human being to make some break in that movement from what carries from within and how it shows itself and extends itself outwardly hopefully none of us get caught up in that kind of uh, rage and, and volatility and the impact that it can have on uh, others who are around us but there are surely cert- situations and, and circumstances where there, where there is that lack of power of the inner life to stop to direct wise attention from within and before we know it we've said something that we regret we've done something that we know was foolish we, we, we've gone from the inner to the outer and there's been no filter, no pause, no break, no stopping or whatever and therefore we've experienced the consequences of the lack of wise attention and also others have experienced the consequences uh, of, of it as well. And it can be in such circumstances as that, that the consequences in one moment of compelling force in one moment of uh, immediacy of uh, reactivity that the effect of that in time as we know can continue for a long time and one of the features of that kind of movement that uh, uh, that goes on is that it's accumulated in time and with our lack of wise attention and lack of uh, observation and knowing of ourselves sometimes we just haven't realized the amount of momentum that's gathered and the way that it can show itself sometimes the force of it of course can come out in in the way that uh, jeremy was uh, speaking about in working with these uh, violent men but sometimes it it's coming out in a in a in another kind of way that uh, um, malevance, that negativity, whatever and it may not be so explosive but it can be coming out in a quiet, ongoing, sustained negativity and so whenever certain situations in our life are arising about whatever they may be uh, uh, arising each time we express our view with our th- thoughts in our mind or what's going on uh, around us there's a tendency towards being resentful there's a tendency towards being negative towards the need to put down and we get so identified the self with this kind of uh, movement it can be towards others it can be circumstances it can be towards ourselves or whatever that there's a, a, a consistency that goes with it sometimes in that consistency that uh, goes with it the very motive and the strength of of, of that we just get so used to it. We get used to being negative, we get used to being angry we get used to being resentful we get used to harbouring thoughts of revenge, we get used to uh, those movements of mind. And it's not easy in uh, those movements of of mind that go on with us, and one of the, the Strange things with the, uh, the Buddhist tradition, it has you know, understandably and appropriately a great deal of discomfort uh, uh, with that. Um, the language of um, righteous anger that is uh, uh, sometimes used in the Western uh, uh, tradition, I have a right to be angry, and all that goes with it. One won't find any support, find support for it in the Buddha's Dharma. M- Won't hear such language uh, there. All of that inner life needs to be looked at and questioned because it can show and does show to us uh, the lack of wise attention. If, however, one isn't clear with all of these uh, uh, things going from the uh, inner to an outer, sometimes one falls, and the Buddhist world is uh, extremely uh, vulnerable to this, especially with the of various uh, role models that are around, to sometimes a fear of criticism. One doesn't want to be angry, one doesn't want to be negative, one doesn't want to put down or find fault or whatever it might be, and one confuses, and one has to look carefully at this in ourselves, one confuses sometimes the power and the force of criticism And thinks that sometimes criticism and negativity are the same thing. And so one has this dreadful politeness in the Buddhist uh, uh, culture. It generates a culture uh, of passivity. It can generate a culture of timidity. Anything but sound negative. Anything that might even be thought to be negative. So it's not easy in looking into ourselves and paying wise attention to ourselves... To know within ourselves, and one has to trust in oneself with regard to this. When is it looking at oneself appropriate to express the voice of uh, critical outlook, critical perception? When is it uh, what's going on is um, negativities and, uh, all, the ne- and all, the mo- all that goes along with it? Seeing, looking at that, sometimes others will say this to us and that uh, to us in various ways ways but we've got to keep wise attention and and as clear as ourselves with situations and circumstances. Many many things can help to uh, 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 show that and sometimes we can voice criticism and it doesn't get heard and so easily the mind, you may have had thoughts today about people in your lives you may have thoughts today about places where you work or study or whatever it, whatever it may be. And sometimes in the movement of the life, one finds some criticism toward whatever it might be. And one sometimes thinks because one's critical, therefore, whatever it is, it's going to change the situation. When one can voice one's criticism in life. I was just voicing criticisms fairly uh, clearly about a certain um, um, Mr Shapiro. And uh, Mr. Shapiro is the head of the disreputable um, Monsanto company, who uh, least said about the better. Uh, and so sometimes one expresses some uh, 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 criticism toward, and sometimes you think, oh, because we're critical, or, or maybe some we know, we expect some response to come from, from that. How easy it can be, though, we go from criticism... To being negative and in being uh, negative, we begin to burn up inside, and we 've moving backwards and forwards between the two, and it takes with us plenty of wise attention that 's the point here to know what is what about, about anything, and sometimes one gives one one gives up when I was um, coming with uh, Sally on um, uh, the flight, uh, Guy, one of uh, uh, the Dharma teachers on the West Coast, had mentioned that the airline that we were flying with, which is uh, United uh, Airlines, was uh, how many airlines was it? About 12, 14? 14. 14. Four, the 14 uh, uh, airlines, and it was the bottom of the list because of customer complaints. And, you know, these things go up and down. Well, I probably have been, probably in a, a single year, in 14 different. Meditation centers, and as far as energy conservation goes, um, IMS surely has to be at the bottom of the list, and it seems to be very proud of it because it has been at the bottom of the list for years. And the, the excess use of energy and heating, the computers on all night, lights around the place, all day my, my environmental friends would just weep. They walked into this place and spent a week, uh, a, a, a week, a week, week here. And so, but nevertheless, we've got nice plates. (laughs) (coughs) And so one can voice one's concern, one's criticism, one can try and provoke what the the Buddha used, to use a lovely word, it's called hiri, H-H-I-R-A. And uh, um, um, hiri is uh, shame, but it's in a, a healthy sense. And it one tries to shame people into change. One tries to make them feel uncomfortable or make them feel guilty or remorseful or, or whatever. But in a positive way, not just going around. <laughs> it's not very easy to do, I have to add. I haven't, I've tried for 23 years, I haven't succeeded, so you can tell. And so sometimes we, we look at a situation, we try to bring some views and some criticism and some, and some concern. Uh, uh, there, so that when mindfulness goes in ev- every area, and sometimes with all of us, it, it just we try and it doesn't work. Point again wise attention to things. In that wise attention, freedom to voice criticism, there, and looking to see whether it starts to go negative simply because we can't get our own way. Whatever that may be about with whoever that may be about, whatever the situation may be about. There's enough negativity in this world already and we've seen the destructive factor that tends to go along with it. There's no easy task for men and women to look at why attention, attention in our life and say, okay, what, what, what would that be? But sometimes we can actually, in the midst of negativity, when we're feeling very upset and angry about whatever it might be about, it's a wonderful thing uh, to actually ask ourselves and sometimes that asking of ourselves is really a kind of appealing in fact to something deeper inside of ourselves and in that appealing to something deeper say well what is what would it be for me as a human being in this situation to give wise attention to so instead of just reverting back to the same old useless mind which has gone on and on and on and on about something, we say, what would it be to give wise attention to it? And then we listen as well and as clearly to ourselves, and, and, and sometimes, surprisingly, miraculously, there's more inside than garbage. There's more inside in the old reactivity. There's deep things in there as well. And therefore the wise attention and the simple question, what would it be to, be to handle this situation well? What would it be to handle this situation skillfully? And we listen with our whole being as, a, as if our life depended on it, which it does in a, in a deeper sense of things, and maybe that will bring out a deeper response to it. It doesn't have to suppress the sub- critical faculty. It may let go of that. It may work in a completely different way. But we are stopping. We are interested in wise attention and we are interested in, in touching and having access to a deep way of responding to this world. That's the mark of, a, a, of an evolving human being. And when we just go from reaction and of course that very painful kind of way in, in the example given of a, a, a violent uh, men To change that, and some people who work with those very reactive uh, 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 people with a basically frozen emotional life, I I would say, do extraordinary work in in trying to help a person to look so they can look back and see, well, what's going on here? How is it showing itself out there? The Buddha said... Make a rather um, important a statement here. He says, What is the factor, what is the characteristic which brings us closest to the goal? And then he says, Wise attention, the Pali is, Yoni So Manisakara. wise attention to what is present. In giving wise attention to uh, what is present, there's immediately what appears to us. And if one just thinks of the uh, meditations and the days that we're experiencing here together, there is, hopefully, a genuine uh, interest taking place, as it were, to see, way, see one's way through all the appearances. And if one looks at our everyday mind and the, um, uh, the collection of conditions that make, make it up, and particularly if one looks at the inner events which are going on, more often than, than not, they tend to involve, as we were hearing with the uh, inquiry this afternoon, tend to involve the self in some form or other. And if one looks at issues of, which are problematic uh, in any, any way, one thing is for sure in there that there's movement of mind which is going on, that's one thing. The second thing that's going on in it is that they, it has to be in the field of time. You can't have a problem in life without having issues of time involved in it. Past, present and future. All problems and time are completely weaved up together. And the second, the other uh, aspect of, uh, of all of this is that the self is also involved. So there's the self going on, there's the movement of the mind which is going on and there's the field of time. And that collection, that event forming together forms the worldview. And we are, we worship it. We bow down to this worldview of time, self, and the states of mind. The Buddha can't get a word in. Because this is what we pay obedience to. This is what we worship. This is what we bow down to down to that that's what existence and the reality of it is, is all about. Me, in time, with my states of mind. Is it any wonder how difficult it is to see out of that, to see beyond that, to see out of that, to see through that is called an awakened life. But we've become transfixed by all that's formed through all of that. We're infatuated with, with it, as I said. We believe in it, or we think that's the, the reality. We think that's what living in the real world is all about. And we say, it is not. It's just what human beings have decided, what human beings have agreed, what human beings have submitted to. We're trying to shake that up a little and to look at that with more care. So when we see this movement of mind, of the inner, which is um, uh, uh, going on uh, with us, at the most outer level of it all, the self is in the centre of the stage. Has to be. And with the self in the centre of the stage, quite often, but not always, it's quite a lot to, to do with roles and identity, so if you think of any situation, whatever the dramas and the melodramas that are going on with one's life, whatever the hopes and the dreams are, whatever the big fantasies are, or whatever, whatever the way that one's looking in the fields of time, past, present and future, more or less, the probability it will have to do with roles and personalities and the interactivity of all of that hard-pressed to find issues in life which do not involve your role with yourself, your role with others, personality issues that are going on with it and how that has been in the past, how it is in the present, how it is in the future. And there's such a uh, preoccupation of the mind with all of this. It isn't easy, we've said it enough times now, it isn't easy to actually be able to be clear and still enough and to see That's all that it is. That's all it is. What the hell is the fuss about? About anything. Just a little bit of heaven and hell entertainment going on in the mind, around a few little transitory roles which have no real relevance and are not going to make any difference to anything, and a little speculation about how it was in the past how it is in the present and how it might be in the future and all this one frets over worries over makes a huge fuss and bores the mind of anybody else on the receiving end is it any wonder that teachers say 10 minute interviews and 15 minute interviews (laughs) One minute longer and you get shot. <laughs> 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 Metaphorically. <coughs> Given what we heard. So sometimes this is all going on and with the movement that's going on it's like a world which the cell finds itself in, utterly involved in, and it somehow it doesn't know how to get itself out of. It actually actually thinks It's the reality. the teachings say, please, 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 please bring not just attention to all of this, but yoniso manisikara, meaning please bring wise attention to it. If truly wise attention is brought to it, something about the formations which are going on, the states of mind which are going on, the issues which are going on, begin to lose the grip, if you bring wise attention to it. One may say to oneself, but I don't know what wise attention actually is. One doesn't even have to know what wise attention is, or that one has to to know that what is going on in front of your consciousness, called your state, state of mind, is not worth entertaining for a minute longer. If you know that, you've got wise attention. (laughs) (laughs) And therefore it's beginning to dissolve the impact of things and therefore the wisdom is running through the attention. But it's beginning to take the power out of. Sometimes, and this is the expectation which is problematic for humans, We think if we take the potency out of a situation meaning we're not in anguish we're not afraid, we're not fearful, we're not timid about we're not anxious about, we're not angry about, we're not mad about we're not upset about or whatever. That sometimes in the space which arises there, there is easy a projection from us, oh because I am giving wise attention to, and therefore not caught up so much, therefore other or others ought to be correspondingly in the same uh, way. Just because we change, therefore we think other people change. There's no track record of this. (laughs) And it's an optimism. Optimism. Of movement from the inner and then a transference from the other. Sometimes the miracle does happen. We let go of our anger, we let go of our reactivity, we let go of our fears or our negativity or our clinging or whatever and correspondingly it allows and enables another person or persons to relax more easily and in that relaxation that more calmness of being coming from them and also coming from oneself it may provide the opportunity for a deeper communication so sometimes if we change other changes but how easy in the mind which is gripped in in this uh, utter self-deception that we keep holding on to the stuff that's going on and we're telling somebody else that they should be changing we can't even change ourselves yet we're laying a number on the others to actually change so wise attention is making that break the ability to look back the ability to reflect on what is really going on with oneself wise attention is looking into those conglomerations that go and taking the essential authority out of it the essential authority when it's problematic That's why the wise and the awakened ones can say there is no problem. Not living in a problem. have taken the idea of a problem out of existence. That is awakening. Sometimes with wise attention, taking it to the meditation for a moment, and the... Uh, take a couple of points uh, here, sideways step for a moment, that the uh, teachings have wisely pointed to um, more and more depth. Human beings have a wonderful potential to uh, go deep and that depth can come quite naturally and uh, or organically when there is a greater sense of presence and there is wise attention and therefore we can, as it were, see behind a lot of the personality stuff. We can see behind uh, a lot of the roles, a lot of the identities, and also uh, see in such a way that we don't feel caught up in either what's emanating from within ourselves or correspondingly what is emanating from others. Yet to see deeply is to see beyond what appears. To see deeply is to see beyond what appears. When we don't see deeply, we just grasp onto the manifestations. And out of that comes a lot of the reactivity that we get familiar with. Similarly, with the basis and foundation of wise attention as a way and means to bring one to the goal of uh, spiritual life, Dharma life, which is uh, liberation, sometimes the journey which it takes is a journey which takes us deeper, and in uh, taking us deeper, there's a deeper, meditatively, a deeper inner absorption which takes place. And those who are in the Dharma for some years will all be familiar with this. And these absorptions are called uh, jhanas, it means it's an absorption which brings out of one in that depth uh, joy and happiness and contentment. And one of the features of the beautiful features of those uh, uh, depths of absorption that take place, is for the inner life, it has two um, noticeable features that go with it. Uh, One is that the hindrances of the mind, the greed, the negativity, the fear, the the ego stuff that goes on uh, with us, is much less interest in feeding it or justifying it or sustaining it or whatever. And the other important feature of it is that what we've been hearing from uh, Spiritual Wallace for years and years about happiness is within you, one actually really begins to know it through one's own experience. And one begins to feel in the emotional life much more a genuine sense of happiness is within and it is available and it is accessible and deeper absorptions, the jhanas in meditation are a genuine confirmation and pointer towards those kind of experiences not only as a reminder that happiness comes out of the inner life but also that it's felt and we can feel the happiness and we feel happy. Sometimes and the tradition is always in uh, danger, but uh, it's uh, the tradition uh, with these things, that things, and lots and lots of things, easily start to get watered down. And not surprisingly, over a period of uh, two and a half thousand years of a solid body of uh, teachings, that sometimes these things get uh, watered, uh, watered down way, 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 way way too much to make it more kind of comfortable and palatable people. And just to give you a word, three or four examples of, of, of uh, what, what I mean, particularly for those of you who have plenty of exposure to the Dharma. One is important practice and that is uh, the practice of metta, loving kindness, deep friendship uh, there. And during the retreat we have guided metta meditations uh, at the end of the retreat. As a meta, and it's a very important force in this world to really cultivate deep friendship uh, uh, there, and in that uh, cultivation of deep friendship uh, towards oneself and uh, towards others, there one forgets that the what the Buddha said about what is deep friendship, and one person in a dialogue uh, with him referred to. Um, the impact of negativity and aggression. And he says the metta that the Buddha said the metta that he metta, that's loving kindness, deep friendship is referred to, even when a person is is committing the most credible acts of violence upon oneself, sawing the limbs off, can one have the metta? Loving kindness, deep friendship in that kind of experience. Christian tradition can one have still have loving uh, kindness even one is is being uh, nailed to the cross? That's when speaking about metta. it's no light thing and and therefore, in uh, sustaining that one has to inwardly run extraordinarily deep uh, uh, with it, otherwise it ends up as just being a nice sweet little forgettable Buddhist and there's, and there's no power or depth to it you know sometimes one hears too in, in, in paying uh, wise uh, attention that we've got so used to talking about mindfulness, mindfulness mindfulness there that we're in danger of reducing the four noble truths to first one is suffering, second one is the cause, third one is cessation and the fourth one is mindfulness Just being mindful when it's only a feature in the whole spectrum of the of the of the of the, of the, te- of the teaching one aspect a useful aspect but it's no more or less important than than any, any of the others similarly with going 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 deeper sometimes people on retreats say to me oh um I've just sat in last meditation and um, I just ran through three or four or five jhanas up and down. And one can tell, if I believe one can tell, from just the, the, uh, the, the listening that the conclusion about what that is is a very light, sweet, happy, content, momentary feeling. And one doesn't pick up the depth with it. And, and, and therefore, friendship in life is a very deep thing in, in, in life. And that deep thing has to go deeply to all manner of, of situations. The experiences too were in terms of jhanas, um, uh, of, of deep absorptions in life. If we pay wise attention and if we stay very steady, it will, it will go deep. It will go deep. We really give wise attention two things of life, we will go deep and instead of all the things this will bring one nearest to the goal of complete freedom and sometimes in the tradition the, the Buddha, as we were hearing again today speaks a great deal about impermanence and sometimes we engage in our meditation practice and, in, and we put a lot of appropriate emphasis on seeing impermanence Please see what arises as a characteristic of existence. Please see what stays as a characteristic of existence. Please see uh, what passes as a characteristic. Please see this clearly. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter what the object is. But clear, be clear it arises, it stays in time, and it passes in time. Everything which is of time is of what's arising, what's staying, and what's passing. And so here are, here are you and I living in this world we have our uh, loved ones they rise and they, and they and they stay and they and they pass and we too characteristics we rise and we stay and we and we pass and sometimes people in their meditation practices do have valuable and important experiences about impermanence of things and really see God, life isn't it, it isn't eternal it doesn't go on forever. It is subject to conditions. It does rise, it does stay, and, and it does, does pass. But the Buddha has never just left it at that. As though just that awareness of, which could be very shallow or mediumly deep. He said, if one has realised, anicca, that means impermanent, one has realised what this is, one knows liberation, one knows complete unexcelled enlightenment. So doorways, vehicles, means, whatever, are wide and diverse in the in, in the practice and and the tradition. And sometimes we we kind of settle for aspects and features of the practice. There we develop our mindfulness. We we develop some loving kindness. We watch our reactivity. We see whether the critical voice is valid or what else is appropriate. We bring mindfulness to as many situations as possible, learn to see impermanence, uh, etc. These are important and clearly deep things of life because they expect, they uh, impact and influence every single area of our life, no matter who we are. Every single human being has a relationship with mindfulness, has a relationship with impermanence, has a relationship with uh, friendship, has a relationship or finding a relationship with wise attention. It's common right across the board. And and it's much more important these things are than many of the superficialities that we get engaged in with life. But any one of those means and, and vehicles really explored, really looked into, can completely awaken the life. And waken it in that way... That in that uh, awakening one knows there's no longer any being a prisoner to what? To time, to the formations of mind, to imprisonment in past, present and future, to the movement of mind. One's seen it, one's seen, one's burst the bubble of it. And and that is the precious and wonderful thing about the the Buddha's Dharma, an unwavering devotion to the complete emancipation of the human being and the feature, the chief characteristic of that emancipation is what's called a problem of life, is actually gone. It was a bubble. And even if nothing else in this outer world ever changed, at least one knows the end of that. The beautiful thing about uh, the Discovery that there's penetrative realisations and, and insight that automatically, therefore I say the awakening is not just of the individual in that respect but aut- automatically one knows the true nature of things which is free from the problem and therefore one knows that the true nature of all human beings share that awakening it's not an exclusive thing, it's not a thing of the self And therefore, with our meditations and our uh, practice, respecting the features of the tradition, the impermanence, the loving-kindness, the, uh, the, the depth, the, the wise attention, the real mindfulness to every situation, but really regarding it as a tremendous resource that each and every person has to complete awakening. And therefore, to make that the goal, May all beings live with awareness. May all beings live with wise attention. May all beings live a free and joyful life. So let's have our couple of quiet minutes together, shall we please?